0: Hard to believe, but we're up to episode 12 of Harvest Recruitment Seeds for Success show. Looking forward to having your company. Welcome to Harvest Recruitment Seeds for Success show, where successful managers and experts share their insights to help you recruit and retain the right people in your organization. Now here's your host, Marie Harris. My name's Marie Herreth, I'm Director of Harvest Recruitment and we've launched Harvest Recruitment Seeds for Success show to help managers attract, select and retain the right people for their business. So if this is your first time joining us, we wish you a very warm welcome. Uh, We invite you to go back to previous episodes. We've already had a stack of learning since we launched our podcast shows and we're up to episode 12. Today in the show, we're going to be talking about social media. Um, In particular, we're going to go into LinkedIn. Uh, We're going to talk about what is LinkedIn and what's its place in the whole social media platform? We've also got uh, a listener question, which is, how do I know if my staff are on their way out? So what are the key signs of disengagement from staff that probably starts to ring some warning bells? We've also got some fantastic listener feedback on my book. So I'll share that with you as well uh, later in the show. So We look forward to having your company. Stay tuned. Listen out for the events. Listen out for what's in the forum and we will carry on. In today's question, we're going to cover how do I know if my employee or staff member is on the way out? So um, we might be interested in retaining a staff member, but a staff member may not be wanting to retain us as their employer. So what are some of the telltale signs that will let you know that your staff member wasn't perhaps as engaged as day one? So first of all, usually there starts to be some um, indications around start times. So an employee who once was on time or before time, starting in their job, starts to become a bit tardy in their attendance. So, you know, they might come in five past the hour, 10 past the hour. Um, there's a hold up, which means they're half an hour late. And there starts to be a a pattern um, of the lateness. Now, usually as employers, we are quite forgiving and, you know, we'll go, yep, understand, you know, had an accident on the way or, you know, something happened on the way. But when it starts to become a pattern and it's repetitive, you really need to start to question, have I got the heart as well as the mind of my employee? So that's the first indicator. The second indicator is sick leave. So we give our staff sick leave and most staff members don't take up their full um, sick leave uh, component uh, when they're fully engaged in the workplace. You know, they might come down with a cold or a sniffle, even the flu, but a good employee who's committed will just stay away for those couple of days that it takes them to get over the worst of their sickness. However, a less engaged employee, they'll take full advantage of sick days. So um, a sickness will come up and they will extend the time away from work. So instead of taking those major days to get over the major part of their sickness, they start with the, I actually don't feel like getting out of bed and their sick day starts there and then. Um, And at some point they do actually have to go to the doctor to get a uh, doctor's certificate, um, but It's one of those things that they try to eke out, stretch out as much as possible. Third thing to look out for is extended lunch breaks. So um, most staff um, members receive a certain allotted time for lunch, whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes or one hour. Again, a less engaged staff member will usually take in excess of their allocated break and it's showing that they're not really keen to come back. They're sort of pulling themselves back to the the business, um, but really not so engaged. The fourth thing to look out for is discretionary effort. Uh, usually, employees when they start with a business, they're bright eyed, bushy tailed. They can't do enough. Uh, in terms of their first, you know, weeks, months with the business. And they usually do go above and beyond. Uh, usually when they're changing mindset around, do I really love what I'm doing? They start to ebb off on those additional elements in their in their job. So uh, and you can see that. you can see the deliverables um, as the manager. Um, they were usually right on time, right on target, and just ever so slowly they're starting to drop off. And number five, um, if they're very disengaged, then you're going to start to get attitude. So if you haven't cottoned on, <laughs> <laughs> with the first four elements, and forgiving employers can just go, Oh, look, that's okay. And they actually make excuses for their employees, going, It's all right. It's just one of those things. But then the attitude changes the, you know, I'm not going to do one element more than exactly what's in my position description. And I've had that happen personally. I've also had it happen with a client of ours who, um, the the employee had just had enough. And so when he was asked to do more, he went, nope, not doing anymore. And he actually became quite grumpy as an employee um, to have around. And the worst thing is once they get to that point of um, emotional toxicity in the workplace, it's time to go because they're now not only having performance issues themselves it's now affecting other team members so their dissatisfaction with their job is actually influencing others so keep a diary i would suggest you know when they start taking the sick leave just keep a diary like most managers have one on ones with their employees and just make a note you know, in in the the instances where they are a little bit late for work Are a little bit late coming back from lunch, have taken a day off, are really just barely meeting their minimum. And I mean minimum um, performance elements of their job. Just take a note because if you start to see a pattern, then you can nip it in the bud before it becomes like poison in the workplace. Because when it gets to that point, then your whole culture is starting to be um, at risk. You know, the, the culture that you've put in so much effort to achieve um, can be ebbed away and. Um, really have a a poor impact through a disengaged employee. So better to keep a diary of those elements, nip it in the bud, have the hard words. And if someone doesn't want to be with you, don't prolong the inevitable. Just say, look, if it's not right, Let's make the call now. Let's not put you through any more pain. And likewise, let's cut it off at the pass before it starts to really impact the productivity of our business, the customer service that we're delivering, uh, and the effect on the other people that remain and who are engaged in the business. So I trust that helps if you've got that question Is my staff member less than engaged? um, And are they on their way out? What's happening in our forums? So we have probably three main vehicles by which you can touch base and get involved with harvest recruitment and learn a hell of a lot. Um, So it just keeps going on and on. Uh, Quite often we use our Facebook fan page, as the starting point to to let people know what's going on um, in Harvest Recruitment World. So because we are launching podcasts once a month, it's good to have something that's more frequent and we are posting on our Facebook fan page uh, once a day. So um, if you want to go and look for us, we're um, basically on Facebook as Harvest HR as our fan page and that's where you'll find anything from Um, motivational posts. We all need a little bit of motivation to start our day on Mondays. Uh, We give tips to job seekers and employers. We let you know what events are coming up. So if we've got things that we're going to where you can see us, um, that's posted on our fan page. Uh, We Put some training out there and that's whether it's links to our blogs or youtube videos or answering questions um always links to some training tools and tips uh and then you know we We're about fun on Friday. We like to sort of wrap up the week with a bit of fun. Uh, And Saturdays, we really focus on the job seekers um, because that's when a lot of people are dusting off their resume and looking for jobs over the weekend. So we'd really um, love you to join us on Harvest HR Facebook fan page. If you're not in that vehicle and you just want to sort of have a little look at what's going on, you can always go to our website website harvesthr.com.au. And that has everything from our events, our videos, our blogs, all of our podcast episodes are there, uh, as well as a contact us page, as well as a jobs page. So if you're looking for jobs, you can see what's going on there. Um, Number three in our vehicles is our LinkedIn uh, group. So I'm just looking up our LinkedIn group, which is HR on LinkedIn. And again, that's two-way dialogue and we put up a lot of feeds um, on our LinkedIn group. So that's what's happening in our forum. And uh, we hope to see you on one of those channels uh, very soon we have some events that we're going to and we have events that we're hosting. So um, we're hoping that our podcast is going to be launched in the second week of September and all being well, um, you'll get to have a listen and potentially want to come to an event that we're going to. So we're um, We're going to see Brad Sugars um, in Melbourne Tuesday the 16th of September in the evening and Brad's going to be presenting his topic because it takes guts to grow a global business. Um, So if you do want to go to that event, it is on our um, Facebook fan page and would love to have your company. Sometimes you just need to be shaken up a little bit and that's what Brad Sugars does. So, um, yeah, so if you want to be sh- shaken up and motivated and inspired to, to go that next step in your business, it would be an awesome event to attend. And he's attending, he's presenting, um, Auckland, Melbourne, Brisbane, Parramatta, Sydney, and Newcastle. So if you're not in Melbourne, you can see him somewhere else. The next event that we've got is coming up next Thursday. So Thursday the 18th of September, and we're looking at LinkedIn. And so that's the topic of our um, podcast today is you know what's LinkedIn about? Um, we're going to be presenting on that subject and doing a bit a workshop of sorts on LinkedIn. So you get to sort of see for yourself how you can use LinkedIn, how to set up a profile, how you start building your audience and connecting with people, and then how to strategically use LinkedIn to grow your business or even recruit for your business. So um, we use LinkedIn a lot and so do our clients for attracting talent. Uh, And so how do you use that appropriately um, to identify and approach talent for your business? Then other things that we've got coming up later in the month are some career workshops. So we've got our career workshop in our Geelong office on the 23rd of September. And we've also got that running as a webinar um, later that day. So if you or you know some job seekers in your midst, uh, then that's a really fantastic, opportunity to get the the low down on job search, what jobs are available, what's the state of the economy, what's going on, um, and then how to steer your career around that. So have a look at our events page on harvesthr.com.au forward slash events, or you can see it on our Facebook fan page. And we'd love to see you or be across from you in webinar world uh, very shortly. We've got some fantastic feedback from one of our colleagues, I'd say, in industry um, and, yeah, good friend and, I guess, partner in in the business journey. And they recently purchased a franchise um, and, yeah, the franchise has been going extremely well, um, getting great reviews from their clients, and they were ready to recruit. And they were exactly our target audience for reading our book. So, a company that's too small to potentially have recruitment services in their budget, but need to get the tools and the tricks to recruit and so they purchased my book at the book launch. So my book being Body Snatches, Unlocking the Secrets of the Recruitment Industry. And you can find that at mariehereth.com.au, also on our website in the media section of our website or the recruitment section of our website. So my friend read the book cover to cover and um, she said it put her in a great position to be able to launch and do recruitment well herself. She said some of the parts of the book were reinforcing and validating and there were other parts where she just didn't know those aspects in the recruitment framework and how to apply them to really get a good outcome. So she went off. And has recruited a customer service officer herself. And I can only be thrilled that she's been able to use some of the tips that uh, I've provided in the book to be able to do the process, come up with a confident recruitment outcome and someone ready to go. So yeah, so that was some fantastic feedback from one of our people in our network. What better way to find out A little bit more about our upcoming guest, who is in the social media world, than to Google her, and I found Fiona Lucas's bio on the Commonwealth Bank um, Women in Focus um, tab. So, let's just talk a little bit about Fiona Lucas. So, Fiona um, is um, a founder of Company Socially Skilled, and also I Respect Online, and she specializes in social media education and empowerment through training. She does social media speaking, no hype, just bringing the the, um, to the fore ethical marketing practices um, to focus on a company's greatest asset, its reputation. Fiona specializes in the soft side of online reputation management, helping companies managers and their teams shine online. She is also author of Future Proof Your Kids, a parent's guide to the social media playground. She's been nominated in the top 50 Australian most clickable women uh, to watch in 2013. She's a blogger. She's a mother of two. um, She's a second gen Geelong girl and proud of it. Um, Favourite things for Fiona? Family, friends, laughter, good food, great wine, travel, writing and social media. Hmm, I think we could be friends, Fiona. Let's welcome Fiona to the show. All right, today I'm joined by Fiona Lucas. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, Marie. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Fiona, I think I met you at a Chamber of Commerce function a couple of years ago. That was probably the first time I'd met you and you just launched your book at the time, yes. um, which we're going to talk a little bit later about, mm-hmm. but I've continued to see Fiona because she is all things social media, um, and we use social media in the recruitment industry, and probably particularly LinkedIn, and of recent times, Fiona's gone LinkedIn crazy with her <laughs> seminars and everything. So welcome to the show, Thank and you. before we discuss LinkedIn, can you just tell the audience About your business, I respect online and socially skilled.
1: Okay, well, socially skilled was my first foray um, into social media, which I started in 2011. And I basically was focusing on um, more small business, Facebook, um, blogging, and that kind of thing. Uh, But what I started to notice was how limited the understanding many people had. They were using tools but they weren't really thinking about it too much. And what i noticed was the impact that was having on personal brand um, and their business mm-hmm. brand as well, the way they were being reflected. And from that I recognised the need that really we needed to start managing our reputations online and our brand and that social media etiquette was missing entirely from this from the um, equation. Yes. And I think mostly because we, we threw ourselves into social media and from that um, there were no rules. Mm-hmm. And so when you foray into something with no rules, it's like, you know, yeah. an unruly child growing up really.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and uh, yep.
1: so we just were doing whatever. And uh, so the next thing that I realised from that was um, the consequences of people who thought they were really savvy with what they were doing but without that understanding of consequences, yeah. um, something needed to be done about it. And that was where our oh Respect Online was born basically.
0: Okay. And that's more about your brand in social media
1: yeah it's um well reputation and brand to me walk hand in hand and so it doesn't matter whether you're an individual celebrity a small business a big business Mm. everything you do and say outside is a reflection of you and particularly when you do it online it's magnified because as much as social media lets you um magnify a message out there in a great way it also magnifies your mistakes and i think that was what i really was worried about is things that were happening, particularly if they start happening on a personal Mm. level to people. Because
0: one thing that we're hearing a lot in schools now is, and it didn't happen in our youth, you take a photo and you put it online, you can't be getting it offline. And it's a digital imprint that's going to last forever. And the same with conversations and messages. You can't just go, oh, can I retract that? Um, It stays in the ether and it can be found. It's very difficult to remove all forms uh, of content online it so and, yeah, it's and, and you can go to the way way back machine and find things that were gone a long time and even
1: things that you can get there are you know with google now they have got some laws about what can be removed and and getting things removed but it's a tedious process mm. and it didn't stop someone taking screenshots along the way and still having evidence and, and evidence online is used in court now too yeah, so it really is quite quite a serious matter mm. for mm. us to deal with yeah so, because yeah.
0: the comment can be removed but people still have mm indelible evidence they oh. do. <laughs> okay well that's quite serious so you got me thinking twice about everything <laughs> that I'm going to put up now um now you're across a range of social media channels I'm interested and in, I guess in in our circle and our audience LinkedIn is probably one of the key um, channels that is used so just if you could start by sharing on the basics what is LinkedIn and where it sits compared with other social media channels okay well i see
1: linkedin as kind of a huge non-stop 24-hour networking event okay um, <laughs> that's how it, it is to me it's yeah where you go to meet people and to find people on a one-to-one level just like you would if you're going to an event yeah except yeah. it's in the virtual content so it's Compared to other um, social um, media platforms, LinkedIn is definitely far more professional, Mm. even though we work as professionals on our business page. I'm not saying people aren't professional. Mm. But the difference is that, for example, Facebook is predominantly very social. You have entire families connected on Facebook. Exactly.
0: And they're Um, sharing... Their random thoughts, their and random thoughts, yeah. baby pictures,
1: mm. where they're going, what they're doing, and all that kind of thing. So, there's a lot more noise, particularly on Twitter, like micro microblogging. Mm. Really great to share out information for business, but also a lot of people use it personally. So, there's a lot of snippets of stuff going yes. out and people find that quite noisy yeah. sometimes yeah. if even that's silent you're at
0: a 24-7 networking event yeah it? because yeah. you're always finding people and meeting up with people and probably more social than you'd ever be at a networking event a-
1: absolutely
0: and um what
1: all social media platforms opened up for business was the concept of social selling the ability to get in front of the people that you want to get front of in front of mm. and um, and rather than direct advertising so much, you could woo them. You could mm. give them information, and you could build value. Yeah. So where the difference is, for example, with um, you know Pinterest and, and Instagram, very very visual and, and suit anything that um, or any business that has a lot of um, images that they can share or what they're doing or what their team's doing. When you come to LinkedIn, it's very much more about you know, for example, with me looking to find someone in the recruitment field Mm. i can search for that Mm. by the industry by location i can find people and then i can find out a lot about you that is um the good stuff i want to know where you've been what your experiences are Mm. and and lead on to all your other links so i can really get a clear picture and i work out much More quickly, whether it's you're someone I want to engage with or not, Mm. and whether you can offer me what I want, Mm. or whether perhaps I can offer you something as well. Exactly. um, And some of
0: the other channels don't do that, or it's hidden. So, Facebook, for example, it has its information and profile page, but not many people go in to find out the person behind the person. It's just like take you for face value, whereas LinkedIn you want to find the depth on the person you know what their background is what their skills are so that you can either help them or they can help you
1: exactly and and you're able to connect with professionals in the same field as you if that's Mm -hmm. what you want so you can learn and get a lot of research there you won't find that easily on Facebook I mean businesses are supposed to work through a page so they're represented by the company name Mm -hmm. there not by the person so you have to do a lot of drilling down Mm -hmm. and LinkedIn also suits people who aren't big sharers like a lot of People don't like Facebook um, professionals because they feel like, well, my private life's my private life yeah. and they might have a profile but it's definitely just for their friends and close associates mm-hmm. and therefore LinkedIn is where they can engage with people because it's all done privately through Mm. messaging and through contact and then obviously building up to phone calls and face-to-face and meetings Yeah.
0: yeah so what are the basics that our listeners if they're not familiar with linkedin need to know as they start on linkedin
1: Okay. So with any platform, I would think do a little bit of research, don't just jump in. Um, we're starting to see on LinkedIn now a lot of people go, oh, I must be on LinkedIn. They get on there and they, you know, I've even seen a cat picture. It's not the place for cat pictures. There's a, a bit of visual coming in now mm-hmm. and that's fine, but if you're going to share visual content, make sure that you um, are also putting something of value with that as well. Don't just push a A photo well a photo or a you know inspirational quote without any meaning behind it because you're just filling up the feed and and we're talking an area where it's high level professionals and um a place where you can really build your career all your business Mm. but you need to be reflecting things that will engage people to make them think well why would i want to engage with Mm. you if all you're doing is is mm. sending out sort of rubbish, mm. really. Yeah. Um, the very, very most important thing I, I can always say is you have to be yourself there. You know, you're talking about almost it's, – it's not really an online resume anymore. It's gone past that. Mm. However
0: – So this is the profile? The when profile. When you first set
1: up, yep. it's got to be in your own name. Mm. It's not – you know, your name plus I'm a magical guru of whatever. Mm. It's just your name. Yeah. You have a headline under that whether you can then put your key skills down there or you can put a little a statement that says what you do for people. Mm. Um, everyone's got a different way of doing things. Yes. And, um, and I think mostly it's all about being authentic mm. there Yeah, because it's too easy to get found out, particularly when you're dealing with employers they are going to look at you and if you embellish things yes it's not going to be a good idea (laughs) yeah yeah um and the number one other thing that you must do is when you first set up your profile go into privacy settings straight up yes and there's the thing says turn off notifications about what people see what you're doing turn that off so that when you're pimping up your profile people yep. aren't being notified of every yep. single little yep. thing you do okay
0: and because
1: yep. it, that number one gets annoying and two if it you've does. changed your title seven times because you haven't quite nailed it yep. it doesn't you really look good
0: to <laughs> that, to me. <laughs> so you said it's gone beyond the the resume so because a lot of when linkedin first launched it was basically get your resume out and yes. And put your education and put your skills and put your work history. Yeah. It's gone beyond that. So you're looking more for a, a pitch to an audience or a, in, in the profile? Is that where it's going to work? Absolutely. It, it really depends what you're going
1: on there for. If yeah. you're a school leaver, it's still going to be pretty much resume-based. You're going mm-hmm. to be trying to show prospective employers what it is you can offer them, what your skills are, and, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit about yourself. When you are looking to... Uh, connect with others to show what you do. You really want it to be highlighting the things you can do for them. Yeah. So your summary becomes, um, points about what it is mm. that you do for somebody else. So okay. it yeah. sort of turns around from mm. basically saying, you know, this I'm good at this yeah. is about this is what I do for this you. Is my offering. And this is my offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to really um, mm-hmm. highlight the different skills, um, successes, innovations that you've got mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a different forum, which you don't normally do that in a resume. Yeah. You can't sort of go, you know, I invented this or I did that. It's yeah. not so easy to yeah. do, but LinkedIn you definitely mm-hmm. can.
0: So what are the must-haves in a profile? Like what would you – because I've, I've seen the most scant of profiles, which is – current employer, and most recent, and one line.
1: That's probably the most
0: scant. Yes. Um, To, you know, war and peace (laughs) in terms of a profile. So what are the must-have, like to to actually have a profile that's going to be meaningful, what must be in that profile?
1: Okay. So you've got to have a set. First one is your your real name Mm. and then your headline to let people know. That helps you get found as Mm. well for those particular skills. So if someone's doing a search... Keywords are really important in that first headline. Okay. Um, then moving into your summary, you know, you're limited in characters. Yeah. So um, I think it's two thousand in your in your first one. So and that's characters, not words. I've had mm-hmm. people say that to me, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me write this. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's characters. characters. <laughs> <One> <laughs> and so spaces. A and summary comments. is a summary. Yeah. And there are different ways to do it, and it depends who you are. But really, it's just about those key points. So, for example, as a business, again, just the headlines of who you work with and how you can help them. Just let them have a good look. Mm-hmm. They can then work their way through your profile if you've already got their interest up. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your experience, um, you can split up if you have several arms, for example, in. In your business, here you do more than one thing. Correct. So rather than trying to fill it all up and condense it, you can actually set up the same business several times, but with mm. the different headings of, yeah. of what you do. So that gives you those characters again. Okay. But you just make it from whatever to current, and you mm. can have several mm. currents. Um, and then when you're working through uh, the Rest of your experience, you can go, you know, right back to that first job you had at the milk bar if you want to. Personally, I don't see that. I think more from um, where your experience came. However, perhaps if there was something particularly you might have started that milk bar, then that might be actually relevant to you to show you that you've actually um, mm. been working in business and for mm. yourself for a long time. Um, mostly it's about making sure that experience ties in with the key areas that you're trying to show somebody yeah. that you can work with the them. The essence so, of
0: why you've got the profile there in the first place. So, and if it doesn't add value... Take it yeah, exactly
1: and therefore if you're looking for a career change yeah. your experience and um should reflect those skills that that person that your your ideal employer is looking for so yeah. highlight those mm-hmm. um, and if you're looking for a specific type of um, client for yourself that you want to engage with maybe on, on business to business which is huge on linkedin um well then you need your experience to show that you have got what it is they need and that you're answering those questions. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of validation for what you've said in the mm. summary that shows you authentically where yeah. you've come from. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um now the other thing that's popping up on profiles is skills and endorsing for skills. <laughs> okay. yes. What what's your view? Like you choose the skills or like you choose a handful of skills that represent you that LinkedIn yes. pop up um and then people endorse you for those skills or does LinkedIn pop up other skills which people endorse
1: you for? The way it works is initially when you set up your profile, um, I think you can have quite a lot. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, I can't, I'm think I trying to remember whether it's 50 or not. Right. Um, but the first 10 is what shows. Mm-hmm. So your first 10 skills you should create yourself being the skills that you want to be found for yeah. because when they do pop up and someone's online and they see this, oh, endorse so-and-so, mm. They'll be seen for those skills that you have actually written. Mm. Now, someone who meets you might have engaged with you on a different level or yeah. in a previous, um, you know, a position that yes. you were in. Yeah. So they might, they can create and say, this is what they're endorsing you for. They mm. can write whatever. So LinkedIn doesn't offer it so much as people themselves Mm -hmm. they'll give them a range do you want to endorse them for something else and Mm -hmm. you can go oh yeah i've Mm -hmm. i've done that with that person so um so whether it was marketing with somebody Mm -hmm. but it might have been recruitment with somebody else so that's where and they come up how
0: would you hold up the skills endorsement versus the recommendation okay now
1: the problem with endorsements is that because they flick up people think i'll be i'll just be nice Mm -hmm. and they endorse you to me what they help you do is if if those Particular those ten skills. If you have people endorsing you for those, and if, if helps it's you to get to found. 50
0: plus, then you've got some credibility. In yeah, space.
1: It, exactly. You've got it, it helps to give you that credibility. It helps you get found in a search for those words. So that's a benefit. Mm. Where it's not good is that you have people who perhaps have never engaged with you, and they just randomly endorse you for something. Now you don't have to accept those endorsements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I always look at that and think on a reputation view. Number one. You're allowing somebody you don't know to endorse you and in a way that's perhaps saying that you've worked with somebody that you haven't. So Mm -hmm. there's a disengagement there about who you truly Mm -hmm. are as far as I'm concerned. Now, you may endorse people for inspiring you i mean Mm. i have endorsed somebody before who just writes amazing articles and every time i get so much information out of them that i'm quite happy when it's popped up i thought you know what i am because i get a lot of value out of this person so that's fine Mm. um and that person could get the end and go okay i'm happy they've done that or i'm not but they can't see why you did it Mm. but it's up to you to accept it what you don't do is endorse a bunch of people and send them a message saying, I endorsed you, endorse me back. That's yes. just not on. That doesn't work.
0: And is there protocol to recommendations, speaking of the, yes, like, I'll give you one and you give yeah, me one? Yeah, I,
1: I I think that doesn't really work either. Yeah. The recommendations should be exactly that. Somebody that you've worked with or engaged with mm-hmm. who is happy to say what experience that they had about your service. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they're brilliant because they actually have the name there. Mm -hmm. Somebody can do a background check and and ring up. It's like ringing up the referees really, isn't it, that you can actually say you worked with that person. Mm -hmm. So, again, it comes back to making sure you're very truthful and honest Mm -hmm. as to what's there. But when someone writes a recommendation, they have written it.
0: Yeah, So, you know, it's a
1: lot harder to to have anyone manipulate that. Yes, yes.
0: And in terms of connecting with people, do you have any protocol around how you connect, who you should connect with? Is there any people that you should go, look, just keep it within a certain group or within or do you just go wild? Do you just go LinkedIn will want to trawl through your email accounts and go, let's connect with all of those people first what do you recommend? I
1: don't do any automatic linking yeah. um, personally. It's mm. just the way I am. I know some people do, but I know that within, you know, it might troll through and pick up a whole bunch of personal mm. contacts that I don't necessarily need to have on my LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't need my mum and dad there, yeah. <laughs> that kind of exactly. thing. And I've seen yeah. people do that when yeah. they've linked up with, you know, mm. very basic accounts and, um, and they end up with all sorts of um, people mm. joining up, and also it's a bit spammy to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I and think not, I guess the the intention of what LinkedIn's there for, like your friends might come up, but it's like, well, this is not the circle or the forum. Yeah that I'm going to have nice, friendly chats. I'm going to have professional chats. We're
1: talking about networking. Yeah. And Because you're talking about networking, it's like when you walk into a networking event, if you just hang around with the same three people all the time, it doesn't really give you business Mm. or, you know, it doesn't help you sell your product or your service or find necessarily what you're after either. So same concept as if you've walked into a room. Obviously when you start, you're looking for people you know because Mm. that's how you Mm. will start to build your network. But from that network, there are people they know just like, in real life so you can look at who people are don't just randomly write to somebody though like don't just click on them don't use your app Mm. um apps don't let you write a message and Mm. i'm absolutely and apps can see you banned from linkedin very quickly yes because you look spammy because you sat there and you know just tried to connect with 100 people at once (laughs) I always say, write a personal message. Look,
0: I may have been <laughs> guilty of doing that once and then LinkedIn went on the way to bar me yeah. and I was like, okay, never
1: again. Oh, okay, again, nasty little <laughs> message. But I haven't had that yet so um, and touch would won't happen, but mm. I do admit that I have used the got excited when somebody I've been trying to contact has gone to contact me and I've gone, <gasps> except on my phone and then thought, oh, I can't write a message, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's like. I much prefer to go home, be in front of my – or back to the office and find my computer in front of me where I can actually write a – a message to them, and if there's someone I want to connect with, I'm telling them why. Mm. Mm. And LinkedIn's rules themselves state that you're meant to know the person or have been connected to this yeah. person yeah. in some it prompts way. prompts you to say,
0: how do you know them?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And don't say you're a friend if you're not. And that's what a lot of people do when they go, oh, I've never worked with them, they haven't worked with me, we didn't go to any schools together, we don't belong mm. to any groups. Yeah. Joining groups is one of the easiest ways to get to know people because if you join a group on LinkedIn that's relevant to you, mm. you'll start seeing people in there that you might want to connect with when you go to connect with them you can say we're in this group you can actually choose that and it'll drop mm. down in the list and you can choose the groups that you both belong to yeah. so it gives you a common ground to start with which yeah. means you've already started a conversation yeah. so it's sort of like not a cold call anymore it's slightly warm <laughs> yeah. so, you're,
0: so, so you're recommending you work walk into the 24 7 networking room you find yes. your friends your, your common connections yes. Uh, But then try and find those groups pretty early on as well that are aligned to your business or your purpose. Absolutely.
1: And there's so many groups there. And if you honestly can't find a group that's in the circle you're in, you can create one and start to invite people to that Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, people want to share information and mm. that's what's really relevant and what's mm. really great about LinkedIn is that you can find yourself in um, amazing conversations and I think that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. You can have really in, in-depth in conversations with people who know their stuff yeah. and that helps you learn. It also helps you show your expertise and build your credibility. That's again. right, that's mm. right.
0: So what do you use LinkedIn for?
1: Okay, um, for me... A lot of it is, as I said, learning. It's all about the um, who, who I can connect with. It helps me to continue to stay on top of my field. Mm-hmm. So finding um, experts in that way. It's helped me to link up with people who want to engage me as well. I'm able to show them. They can do a background check. I use it to background check everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and and I do when I'm work, going to a network event, for example, I might have booked into a conference. And I know there's a couple of people I'd really like to meet. I'll go onto LinkedIn and have a look at them so I know a bit about them and a bit about their business because it's not nice to walk up to someone and say, oh, I actually saw you on LinkedIn and i have seen that you do this and that really fascinates me or whatever. And you've yeah. got, again, a a better grounding to speak to someone and it shows you you actually were interested i think as well yeah not stalky i'm <laughs> not talking about going all weird and stalky but um just to make sure a you fine know line, though. there is a fine line um if you sort of you know you've
0: done a little bit too much background yeah. research
1: it also doesn't hurt to go again into your private settings at that point and um turn off that you can make it yourself private while you're looking at somebody because otherwise they'll see that you looked at their profile. And if you go and look at it seven times because you keep thinking, oh, hang on, what did that say again? Um, They might start going, hell, what is this person doing? And then then
0: they meet you in real life and and then they go to the other direction. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, you're that person. Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 right, ban, block, (laughs) get rid of. So it's interesting how quickly LinkedIn – has become very popular with the recruitment industry. We, and the, I'm talking about the recruitment industry in its totality, mm-hmm. we got on board with LinkedIn very early, yes. um, probably when the first audience of LinkedIn were all recruiters or HR I managers like or they were, in-house yeah. hiring. And that the reason was... It gave us this pool of people and the ability to reach through connections you know you could be within two three connections of the person that you want to target for a role yes and we are always talking how there's an active um, candidate grouping and an active group of job seekers and then there's the passive yes um and recruitment these days is everyone's an applicant Some people don't know it yet. Exactly. So (laughs) Headhunting. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what LinkedIn did. It made it headhunting. Headhunting in the 90s was map the company, map the titles, find the person, get their number. It was weeks and months before you could actually get to the person you wanted to. Now... LinkedIn, find the company, find the title, find the connection. It's within an hour. Yeah. You can actually find the person that you're targeting. Absolutely. So it's just one of those vehicles that has just been used strongly by the recruitment industry. I would, like if I put my devil's advocate hat on, I could see that we've been used to develop this database and recruiters are going to be on a user pay at like <laughs> at some point it's like oh you're in recruitment yeah you need to pay a certain yeah, amount no doubt the
1: advertising <laughs> and all those sort of fees will come in although look, linkedin did start that was its mm. basis it was yeah. firmly entrenched in the recruitment industry when it was first formed that was basically how it how it evolved mm. um but then people started realizing that there, you know, it was a lot more potential mm, for it, yeah. and also just yeah, as you say, the the pool of people that mm. you can um, that you can reach is just yeah. astounding, exactly. And as you say, those links between you can usually find that you know somebody mm. who can introduce you mm. to somebody. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you don't know them, you look down as you say is that third level, and you go, okay, well, who do I know that knows him? Who am yeah. I connected to? And you can just write them an email and say, look, I see you're connected to Mm, so-and-so and mm. and I'd really like an introduction and would you mind?
0: That's right. Um, And quite often people will help as well uh, when we've approached people for roles and they said, I'm not interested but you're welcome to talk to my connections and they'll link in with us so that we can then look at their connections and go to that next tier because quite often people are linking in with the same discipline or same, you know, professional yes. you know, Within their circle. So if it's not them, it could be someone to the left or right. So it's been a fantastic vehicle again for us yeah. in that, that manner. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so have you or any of your clients recruited people on LinkedIn? Well, I'm a sole operator, and I've certainly found people who
1: I've engaged on the contract basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'll, for example, looking for a VA, I might have found a firm, then I'll look at who the people are, then I go and sort of look to see... You know, are you genuine? I also Mm -hmm. check out there are fake profiles on there as well. So if you see someone that has got no information much on there at all, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that they're not, it's not Not real. real Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're able to really filter out. You can look for the recommendations Mm -hmm. and you can see has this person got what you want? And Mm -hmm. so I've definitely used it that way. Um, I've been approached by, Mm -hmm. um, you know, prospective headhunters headhunters before (laughs) trying to woo me back out of, you know, (laughs) self-employment. But it's like, no, they haven't wooed me Mm -hmm. enough yet. Um, um, But I think mostly... and I, I advise all my clients to do the same is that research the background of people. And I've done it, look, when I worked, um, I worked with in HR in the education system and any prospective um, employee, I always, I used to check out their Facebook mm. and I used to, you know, see if they were on LinkedIn and... Yeah. Um, Not so many of them were on LinkedIn then, um, but now you'll find that, you know, a lot more teachers and professionals in the education sector are definitely represented there now. And
0: there's been that shift. I remember when we were trialing LinkedIn, like I launched LinkedIn as soon as I launched my business in 2009 and you're going, would we ever recruit someone from LinkedIn? And and then the jury was still out and, you know, we still use job boards for attracting candidates. And then... it's almost the momentum shifted to LinkedIn and, you know, you got your one candidate from LinkedIn you went, oh, I've made a placement from LinkedIn. And then again, and I've just finished an interview this morning with someone who I connected with on LinkedIn and she's very keen for the job that we've got on offer. So the momentum is shifting from the the job boards on the internet to LinkedIn, particularly in the professional circles, without a doubt. Uh, And you see that Seek has actually lost ground um, mm. that their number of advertisements are less than what they were a couple of years ago so mm. they've had a bit of a dip so it means other media and other channels are taking that space
1: absolutely and you can find exactly who you're looking for that's mm. the thing it mm. you save so much time exactly
0: exactly <laughs> now i've seen you on various social media channels giving advice around social media protocol so what is appropriate protocol on both linkedin and social media in general Okay. Well, my number one
1: thing that I'm all about, and you know, I respect online. Seen. You know, yeah. respect. You've got to be respectful in everything you do, mm. for a start. And as you said, I already mentioned about sending a personal message when you're trying to connect with somebody. That is so mm. important. Because LinkedIn
0: has the "I saw your profile on LinkedIn and let's connect," I think, or something to that end. Yeah, yeah. and and
1: so you can um, when when you make that connection, choosing where you saw them, why you saw them, and then giving a little conversation piece down the bottom. Yeah. It can be as simple as I've been reading your articles and I find them really inspiring and I'd love to connect with you, mm. um, you know, because I think maybe down the track this, mm. we can help each other out. That's or right. Or just that I just want to keep your stuff in my it's feed.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, being respectful mm. and being responsible for what you put online is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think um, particularly not so much LinkedIn because you're not really making those little personal comments, but when you go into other social media areas, You've got to think about what it is you're saying and how that reflects. Now, I'm all for free speech mm. and people having an opinions. I think it makes the world an amazing place. Yeah. But when you've got particularly strict or um, controversial mm. views on something, you need to be careful the way you mm. say that because you either disengage people or enrage people very easily. Exactly. And if you don't take responsibility for what you've done. Um, you, you have know, the
0: lobbyists that want to lobby their point and if if they don't have the followers then yeah it can be seen as spam yeah
1: not just spam but also that the um you'll get the trolls coming in towards you to find um what you're doing you will um they'll buy into an argument for the sake of an argument just have that Mm. and it can get pretty nasty Mm. at times Mm. and you know, I see particularly um, people, it's often politics is one, you know, when we say politics and religion, you mm-hmm. know, just like in real life yeah. is, so, you know, they're not the best conversational mm-hmm. topics. Well, I actually think they're great conversational <laughs> topics, but, you know, let's get into it. But at the same time, let's be respectful. And if you're mm-hmm. going to put something out there, expect to have someone have an opposing view to you. Exactly. But have a debate about it don't make it um a personal attack because someone has a different view yeah yeah yeah. i've seen
0: you it's almost like i've seen conversation threads where there's a comment on social media and then fiona's there is almost the mediator (laughs) (laughs) going you know that person's due to have their opinion as well and you're trying to sort of put some boundaries on what people are saying before it escalates i've seen you play that role (laughs) because it's like you go Oh, that wasn't a good comment. Let's see what I can do to sort of distill this. Uh,
1: And I think too, because sometimes we don't realise about um, how words can be misinterpreted.
0: And that always Um, has been the case. Even with email, when email came out and people started using email as opposed to the phone, it was like, why did you say that? I said, just nothing you know it's like no you said this and that and it's the written word that is the difference and the mood
1: you're in when you read
0: it Mm. what what
1: you read when someone was being a bit funny and flippant Mm. and you're in a good mood you'll go (laughs) and you're in a bad mood you go what the yeah how how dare she what's she saying like and you react in a completely different way Mm. than you would and obviously online that's magnified an issue for our kids as well because Mm. they don't get interpret things and they don't have the controls and the steps and the experience Mm. in place to put things into context mm-hmm. yeah
0: all right the next question i have is and we probably touched on it a little bit within your company i respect online you bring a passion towards reputation management why so
1: yeah well i did touch on it um mm-hmm. it's just so that what's
0: brought this to the table that you've gone this is something that i want to assist people and i want to make sure that people do maintain a healthy reputation online
1: I just have had this incredible, I've been compelled, I feel, in a way, to try and change the way we engage online. Um, I guess it's more about um, bringing things into a real-world experience because sometimes we've seemed to detach ourselves and think that online is virtual. Yeah. But when it comes to social media, it's as real as what we're doing now. In fact, well, obviously, people listen to this on social media. So um, I, I feel that... We need to rather than we've had such a top-down approach of trying to fix things that are going wrong mm-hmm. just because we didn't have much in place we just all went yay let's get in there let's play <laughs> um, and we have to remember that when we make something public that other people are reading it and as we just said about you know the way words can be interpreted um, we don't want to create a, an environment of conflict around what we're saying so we've really got to understand the circumstances in which we are engaging and treat it like it is real. Um, and, yeah, you know, I've already covered saying, mm. you know, about politics and those yeah. sort of things. I want to see social change. I want to see re- respect brought back into yeah. that field because I think we can engage and learn so much from each other mm. and it's really amazing and healthy to get a different point of view yeah. from somebody else because it helps mm. us get a balance. Yeah. Um, And And there's a lot of misinformation out there. (laughs) And
0: it's not the policing. There's not the policing. Like you'd have to get to something quite vile before you were actually, you know, delisted from a Facebook or a – Oh, yeah. yeah. And you see it with the teenagers at the moment. Like they do it – their social is in the gaming side and Mm – but their comments that they put they would never say in the schoolyard or in the class
1: or to their grandma.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I've heard of parents that have gone on to play the games and um, they've actually pulled people up and still the kids don't care. Yeah. They don't care. It's like they and so it's like what can be done to sort of go actually back in your box, you yeah. know. This is not this is not healthy dialogue. Yeah, I think, um,
1: again, to me, it just keeps coming back to the word respect because Mm -hmm. they're not respectful to each other and they don't see the consequences. I mean, look, there's that part of being a teen when you're saying stuff Mm. because you're challenging norms and that's what we want. We don't want everyone to be boring and and played you know we want all the different colors of of of, of people and their personalities to show Mm. but there are still ways to um not constantly be putting each other down and i think a lot and a lot of girls they're they're shocking at it like online they call each other you know ho and stuff like Mm. that and they're saying they're doing it for fun but Mm. what you don't realize is that constantly saying that kind of Mm. stuff is actually quite demoralizing but they haven't got that experience and maturity to see that yet. So it's not about coming in and policing everything. It's just about giving them education, enough choice and enough information out there so that they can make a better choice. Exactly.
0: On the um, professional adult side of things, Mm -hmm. have you seen anyone um, perhaps destroy... a reputation very quickly online Uh, because it's the public domain it might still be out there but are there any war or hero stories where someone has really done a very bad job of representing themselves or Uh, their reputation or where their reputation has gone up tenfold because of what they've done online
1: uh yeah look mostly the the thing that's there's actually even an acronym called lil linkedin liar Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, people get caught out yeah if you embellish your linkedin profile with a whole bunch of stuff that isn't true Mm -hmm. be prepared to be caught out yeah and if you're caught out I mean, people are just going to disengage. They're, they're yeah. going to block you. They're not going to want to know. If you're making great big claims and you see a lot that, you know, particularly those ones go, oh, you know, we'll make you earn six figures, seven-figure in income, we'll mm. make you do this, mm. be prepared to back that up. Have the case studies. Have it there. If you're saying we're going to make you famous, well, then prove it. Mm. Don't just say it because yeah. there's so much fluff out there. Um, and we get sucked in by fluff, you know, in marketing talk, yeah. but I think particularly on LinkedIn, you're getting right down again to that personal level about you. This mm. is about you. So yeah. how you represent yourself is really important. Um, don't say that you were the company director if you were the receptionist, you know? <laughs> and, and I mean, people do, they, yeah. they make up stuff and, mm. um, that even got caught. And I'm trying to think who the company was recently where somebody actually, um, got, They actually got appointed, and they had never done the role at all. I wrote a blog
0: about this, Andrew Flanagan. That's it, yeah, yes. I'm wondering what his LinkedIn profile said. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I wonder they didn't do a very good background check there, Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's just a worry that that got through. To be honest, at that level, yeah. Um, with when it comes to um, reputations damage, sadly often it's kids, it's mm-hmm. younger people. Yeah. Um, just recently on a local level, I was speaking with someone who were about, or they were about to engage a young girl, and they mm-hmm. thought she was going to be perfect. And um, they checked out her Facebook, mm-hmm. and she was completely dissing her previous employer in mm-hmm. in no uncertain terms. Now, yep. fair enough, if you've had a bad experience, and sometimes you know people don't always treat you well. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is, there's a place and time to yeah, to share that, to share that, and who you're sharing it with. And if you've got a public, left it in the public domain for people to find, they're going to go, "Well, what happens if you just join like me? You it's join me, idea. and something goes wrong, we have a bad day. Are you going to get online and just completely Tell destroy my my business? I yeah. mean, on the same token. You know, I'm, I'm all for, like, whistleblowers when people are corrupt and all that mm. sort of stuff. But, again, whistleblowers are protected. You don't stick your own name out there and do it. There are there are means mm. to, to, you know, if you're going through bullying, go through the right channels to do yeah. it. Don't just unleash a whole bunch of stuff online because it usually backfires. Mm. Um, and just like yesterday I, I wrote about um, on LinkedIn there was uh, an app called um, OK mm. App, which is a fashion app. And they've launched this app saying on LinkedIn that they were a company with, you know, 200 to 500 employees, blah, 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 blah. And then 90% of the employees they listed were fake. And they'd actually used models from Spain and all sorts of different pictures and things. And I'm thinking this is not going to make Mm. you... you know an app that people are going to rely on when you're full of it Mm,
0: already
1: so i I mean it's a lot of it's buyer beware user beware Mm. that it's up to us to take you know bother to check into things don't Mm. take everything at face value Mm. um you asked about elevation on social Mm. media somebody that comes to mind would be um a colleague and friend of mine donna moritz from Mm -hmm. socially sorted she is the most authentic person ever. She um, social media um, marketer, but she's um, evolved into one of the world um, leaders in visual marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she's an Australian who has just absolutely nailed what she does and how she does it online. Mm-hmm. And she gives so mm-hmm. much of herself. Yeah. And who, what you see is what you get with mm-hmm. Donna. Mm-hmm. And she has never been afraid to share information She's very honest and authentic, yeah. and um, and it showed. And now mm-hmm. she, you know, speaks at some of the biggest conferences in the world, so, yeah, you her. know, and, yeah. um, you know, she's she's really amazing and she's done everything right. She's not, She doesn't sit there shouting out, look at me, look mm-hmm. at me, which some people do, which mm-hmm. I find very disengaging if, you know, all you ever see is that glass of champagne in the hand and no actual substance, Yeah, you know, Donna's substance. She's yeah. going to give you, she might have the odd photo where she's at an event, but yeah. most of the time she's actually sharing really mm-hmm. valuable information. Yeah. that really can help Another person, I
0: think, that first started using it in the political realms was Barack Obama. He used it very well.
1: Well, um, his team did.
0: Well, his team, well, <laughs> whoever whoever yeah, was certainly, writing the messages. Yeah, a very
1: massive marketing. I, I did a study on, on him a few okay. years ago, so, actually. It, and... it wasn't
0: him... Like,
1: it was a very big marketing machine, and the yeah. way they did it was um, incredible because they recognized at the time that they needed to get to grounds root level. Mm. So they let it go evolve from the ground mm. up. Mm. They didn't do a top down marketing approach, yeah. they approached people in small groups. And they engage communities, yeah. And that's a big key to it, yeah. social mm. is that we are trying to engage communities, and we are talking about people. Mm. And that's why well, I'm very big on the ground up approach now to trying to get people in the in the realm of respect and everything, because mm. ground up to me will, co- will come along so with it. this the future. Saying from you, you
0: reach out to a community, and then they promote you because of the impact that you've had. Yeah,
1: and and ground up as in from our children Mm -hmm. now because social and the online world is just part of our environment now. So it's really important that we don't just assume that they're sort of evolving along no. you know and it's somehow absorbing into them mm-hmm. what they're absorbing is a lot of bad habits that mm-hmm. we do because mm-hmm. we're still muddling along mm-hmm. so it's really important that from the first moment that a child's been allowed to play with the ipad you mm-hmm. know to distract for a while yes. and that's happening from you know 16 months off and younger I know, now
0: i know, I know. Um, the apps are getting younger yeah
1: they sure are
0: <laughs> so right. yeah now You are also a published author, which I said was when I first met you. Can you tell us about your book?
1: Yeah, um, my book is Future Proof Your Kids, um, which was written as a guide for parents Um, and grandparents and really anyone who doesn't know anything could learn something from it, Um, I term it the social media playground. So it wasn't a book so much about tweaking your privacy settings, although it does mention that. Mm. It was more about getting a really good understanding and grounding of the environment. So this is that ground-up approach Mm. that I'm Mm. talking about, is so that you know where your kids are playing. My my analogy, you know, is that you wouldn't take your two-year-old to a playground, drop them at the playground, drive off and go to the supermarket Mm. and leave them alone. Mm. Why is it that we drop our kids in the middle of all things online and then just expect them that, oh, we Mm -hmm. say, oh, my kid's so savvy. They may be able to use something. It doesn't mean they have understanding, nor do they have the skills to manage the consequences of what they're going or where they might, what they might be exposed mm. to. So it really is our responsibility. Um, and within that um, that book I introduced a framework called the four R's mm. and that is built around a framework um, which I called the, um, the the four R's of reputation mm. but they're based about, around respect, responsibility, uh research so it's making mm-hmm. sure that what we're putting out online and what we're reading looking for the truth of it yes um and resilience because that's something that's mm-hmm. missing a oh, lot it's and so
0: important for yeah. the
1: youth as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah and can we purchase a copy
1: somewhere you can if you go to my website at yep. www.irespectonline.com there's a book yep. there by the book and i've actually got a, a discount code for your listeners so if they put in spc44 in the discount box i'll get five dollars off
0: oh. <laughs> gosh i invite you to be a guest and you you're giving discounts away yeah why know. not
1: <laughs> well um, it's important to get the message yeah. out there so oh look
0: yes. you've got a depth of knowledge it's been fantastic to have you share and i always like to ask what are your current passions and projects what are you currently working on
1: yeah um more exciting stuff actually um hopefully in about six weeks it will launch my new parent forum which is actually based around future proof your kids and it's um, a place where um parents and teens will be able to go and find out information share information without exposing themselves to you know any sort of abuse because it's really hard to ask a question sometimes with Mm -hmm. your name so when um creating a, a really great space for people mm. to come and um is that going to
0: be online as well yeah it'll yeah.
1: all be on all yeah. be online um and it will develop there'll be a whole lot of free stuff and then there'll be um trainings and things that they'll be able to do memberships later on so it's oh. all happening there Sounds. which is really exciting really good. and um and i'm developing um with a colleague um a school leavers program as well with a big focus on linkedin
0: Very good. Well, I think everyone will have learned a lot today. Fiona, you are seriously the expert when it comes to social media. I haven't come across Donna, but I know you and I I would rate you very highly. Whenever I see you in social media world, I'm like, there is someone who knows her stuff. I could have said something else. Uh Absolutely. also is really passionate around the reputation. So thank you so much, Fiona. Thank you. Really, it's been a pleasure to have you today. Thanks, Marie. That was a fantastic interview with Fiona. She definitely knows her stuff when it comes to social media. So we did talk LinkedIn, but we did also get off the topic as well. Uh, So what did we learn? Well, first of all, reputation is key. When you're online, you have to protect uphold your reputation and your brand. Um, It can be something that flippantly can be eroded very, very quickly. Uh, What is LinkedIn? LinkedIn is a 24 by 7 networking event. I loved Fiona's analogy there. Uh, And it's where we go and find people on a one-on-one setting. Um, It's far more professional than other social media channels. Uh, It gives us the opportunity to do social selling where we can woo an audience, give information, add value. And if we're looking for people, we can search by industry, by company, by location. And once we find the person, we can find out a lot about them, where they've been, what experience they hold, what groups they're linked in with. Um, we found out that LinkedIn's not a place for our cat photos um, that if we do put pictures and pictures are starting to um, gain presence in LinkedIn um, that the content must have meaning behind it so um, it has to uphold what we're looking to present on LinkedIn uh, when we're putting together an online profile it's not an online resume anymore uh, we need to really articulate what we can do for the audience that we're ser- searching for, uh, not just what we're good at. In terms of putting together a profile, some of the must-haves Fiona made mention to is we must put our real name and and. substance to what we do in our headline. We only have 2,000 characters to put a summary in, um, so make sure you're succinct. And then you go through your experience to give you the credibility in the space that you're working in. Um, You get to choose 10 skills which your connections can endorse you for and people outside of your groups can endorse you for. Uh, Recommendations. fantastic because they uh, like doing a a formal reference check, but it's there in LinkedIn. Uh, When you're looking to connect, send a message to your potential person you're looking to connect with and why. Um, Follow the LinkedIn rules. Don't say you're a friend if you're not. Um, And the easiest way to get connections quickly is to join groups that are relevant to you or this business circle in which you're in. Um, We talked about using it for um, recruitment, that it is now the way we headhunt, that we can access the passive candidate um, by doing that search for the company for the title and then approaching the person to see if they are in fact interested. So there was a host there. um, And then we talked more about reputation, how you can spoil your reputation. Um, People who have enhanced their reputation, all of those sorts of things were involved in the interview. So lots of takeaways. Um, and of course, you can find Fiona Lucas at irespectonline.com.au if you do want to find more in our next episode, we're going to start with the, I think, wrap up of the year. So we might have some highlights from some of our friends and associates um, in our circle. So our next guest, we're looking forward to speaking with David Stannard. David is founder of Paradise Rescued, and he's got a vineyard in Bordeaux in France. Um, And so we're going to talk through what have been some of his highlights for the year. Um, And, you know, if he, if I think in a vineyard, you still need people to operate a vineyard. So we'll find out how the um, people part dovetails into his business. So we look forward to hearing from David and a trip to France. Why not? Um, In our next episode. Well, that's a wrap for another Seeds for Success podcast show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Now, if you are finding yourself in that situation that one of our um, questions came through, which is um, we were happy to retain our staff, but they weren't happy to retain us uh, as employers, then you may be looking to recruit new people. If that is the case, please contact us on 1300 363 128 or go to our website, harvesthr.com.au and there's a contact form. And we'd love to help you um, find your next person that equally wants to join you as you want to have them in in your business. Also, if you're wanting to learn more about LinkedIn, as I said, the breakfast that we're running is fast approaching, and that's on Thursday, the 18th of September. If you do miss the breakfast, again, please get in touch, and we're happy to um, share our knowledge from that breakfast in a one-on-one setting or in a webinar setting. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to having your company in our next show. You have been listening to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show with Marie Harris. Want to cultivate your employment prowess? Then visit harvesthr.com.au.